D-S-N-Y. It is 2021, first new episode of the new year. Uh, happy look, new year to all of our listeners. Happy new year, a happy failed insurrection that I was, <laughs> I was set to record last week, but then I saw what was happening on the news. I was like, uh, not appropriate, let's not. <laughs> so, didn't, and I didn't even need to text you. I was like, uh, we're on the same page. I don't need to, yeah, we do not need to mention this. Yeah, uh, anyway, hi folks. We, uh, it's a, it's a Josh Benjamin, Lena Mean back here on the Yankees Mets Express. Uh, Lee, what's going on? What's happening? Um, How's your 2021 much. been so I've been far? busy this week writing. And you had to watch, uh, you had to watch honestly, extremely too. uneventful. Yeah, dude. So yeah, so I've been um I've been really busy with like hockey, like writing hockey since I'm I'm like ESNY's uh, lead hockey writer. So yeah. I've been super super busy covering all three teams: the Rangers, Devils, and Islanders. And today, I, I I was telling you, Josh, that I had to watch the Devils Bruins game. Right. Tell me why it was actually so much fun. Like it was. I, I, such I a didn't good watch game. it, so I mean, you would know better than I than I would. I was surprised. I thought it was going to be dreadful. Like you you were even saying like my my condolences, whatever, whatever. And I thought it would suck, but it was I, so much fun. I checked the score twice in the span of I think fifteen mm. minutes. At one point. The Devils were up one zip. Then when I checked again, they were tied at one. What happened? Uh, the Devils actually ended up winning with like a few seconds left in overtime. So really? that, was, that was pretty crazy. Yeah, really good game. I was just annoyed, though, because uh, Jack Hughes played really, really well. And it just kind of made me think of Kako and how David Quinn is misusing him on the Rangers. So, you know. I mean, that's a con- that's a conversation for another show. Yeah. We've got a, uh, yeah, but meanwhile, on my end, uh, fatherhood has been ramping up. Uh, baby Riley is almost, wait, wait, what's today's date? The 16th. Yeah, yeah in, two, 16th. in two days, she's two months old. Yeah. So, Are you yeah. guys having a party? No. No, you kidding me? Come on. A Zoom party. No. Well, we're actually having like a thing for her tomorrow, just because oh. like we could, uh, we're having a Zoom thing for her tomorrow, just so extended family and friends who don't live in the new york area can like meet her i guess oh yeah it's gonna be an hour long i'm honestly dreading it a little bit but <laughs> i don't blame you <laughs> yeah uh but in happier news because like you you know like because i've texted you complaining about this she sometimes takes like three hours to put down for the night yeah just because like well caitlin will feed her and she'll to the naked eye she will look asleep we now we have this um we have this gadget called the snoo which pretty much it serves as it's pretty much a bassinet, but it also kind of rocks the baby to sleep at very. Oh, levels. I've seen those. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were lucky enough to be gifted one. Um, by, um, That's by sick. My, by my sister's friend. So we'll, we'll Caitlin will feed her. We'll put her in that. And she'll look asleep, and then like forty-five minutes later, she'll be up, and then it'll take forever to put her down. So we tried something last night where there's this product called the Ollie Swaddle, which you pretty much swaddle the baby so. So she's like, arms are down like that. She's wrapped nice and tight. Uh, I was in the bathroom. Caitlin wrapped her in the Ollie swaddle, put her in the snooze, zipped her up inside the snooze swaddle. And according to Caitlin, she was asleep within two minutes. And then she slept for nine hours straight. 
Oh my gosh. Oh, you have to try that again tonight. Yeah, I mean like knock on knock on this wood. Yeah, knock on okay, I just knocked on wood too. Knock on wood that it works. Oof. Uh yeah, because don't get me wrong, I love my little girl, she's great. Set at after seven o'clock, I'm like, come on, go to bed. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And she's tired too. Like you can see, like you can see her see yeah. in her face, you can hear it in her cry. She is so tired, but she just won't sleep. Yeah, right, she, right. Kids are dicks. Kids, man. Yeah. Kids are dicks. Oh, anyway. Close. But it, sometimes it was a good thing because uh, yesterday, oh man, uh, Riley had a very rough morning. Uh, was up at like, I don't know, seven. Because normally she'll be up between six and seven and then she'll sleep for another two hours. Yesterday was not one of those days. So this is actually a perfect lead into the show. So it's like seven, seven thirty. I'm like, about i'm about to get out of bed like i'm thinking not oh, great i mean guess we're getting up early today uh i look at my phone and uh keep in mind my phone is on do not disturb at night so like the vibrations and everything lighting up doesn't disturb caitlin mm-hmm. doesn't disturb the baby first thing i see it's like a bunch of dj lemayhew stuff i wait 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 what happened what happened i scroll down sure enough 6 a.m dj lemayhew back with the yankees six years 90 million dollars uh i wish we had sound effects just so we could like Play some know, happy right? music or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but we need we need to get some. But yeah, the, I, I woke yeah. up to that news too. I texted you like as soon as I saw it. I was like, oh my no, god. I, no, I texted you. Wait, are you serious? Yeah, I texted you. I was like, DJ's back, DJ's back. Oh, yeah. I didn't even oh what the heck? Oh, that's so weird. Yeah. Okay, was, well <laughs> you're yeah, you texted me about Corey Kluber, which we'll get to in a second. Ah, okay, wow. But anyway, DJ LeMay, you back with the Yankees, six years, 90 million. I am thrilled about this. I am ecstatic. I'm over the moon. Caitlin has already bought a DJ LeMay jersey, if you can believe that. (laughs) No, I'm dead serious. I told her in the morning, hey, DJ's back with the Yankees. And she goes, all right, I am getting the jersey right now. So, (laughs) yes. Anyway, uh, you're feeling good too, I'd imagine. Yeah, man, like I obviously really wanted LeMahieu back because he was one of the few bright spots of the Yankees last year. And and I actually wanted him to get extended. We talked about it on the show, like during Mm -hmm. the season. And um, the thing is, like after the season ended, we were hearing like, you know, kind of people predicting and guessing what he'd want in a contract. I'll be honest with you, I wasn't really happy with what I was hearing because Mm -hmm. Like, okay, you got to do what you got to do. But at the same time, you don't want to give a 32-year-old infielder, like second baseman in particular, that kind of huge, huge deal. And so, yeah, so I was kind of dreading it. But Cashman, someone said it perfectly on Twitter. I can't remember who it is. Like Cashman messes up a lot. But when he does swing a deal, he fleeces. And and that's what he did with LeMayhew. It's good money. My dad even said $15 Yeah, I mean, I well, I was explaining this to Caitlin as well, because a report came out, I think this was from Mark Feinsand of MLB.com, that uh, the next best offer after what the Yankees gave him was the Blue Jays. They yeah, offered, I saw that too. They offered yeah. four years and 78 million. They, yeah, and the Yankees were like about the same yeah. right there. Right, right. Um, but I explained to Caitlin, it's a lot easier to move a four-year deal than it is a six-year deal. Mm-hmm. Now, sure. now, now, on top of that, look at the Blue Jays. They've already got a very crowded infield. Mm. Uh, Let he could have played third, he could have played first, probably wasn't going to play second. Right. Uh, yeah, so pretty much 
Now consider the Blue Jays, they have a very bat heavy lineup already. They have great hitting, not not mm-hmm. great, but like very good. Very hitting. good hitting. Yeah. yeah. They have very good hitting. They're their pitching success, they're gambling a lot on a Hyunjin Ryu staying healthy and an ace form. And this kid, uh, Pearson is his name. Yeah. 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 And like Nathan Pearson or something. Nathan Pearson. Yeah. yeah. Um, Who's coming off a terrible rookie season, by the way. Yeah. So they're, yeah. and and they're going all in on him and Anthony K and Anthony K didn't look very good last year either. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden you have DJ LeMayu's contract and the young pitching doesn't work out the way it should. All of a sudden a four-year deal if you cover some uh, some of the money, that's a deal you can move. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Yankees were saying, look, we're not going to give you any more than what the Blue Jays are offering per year. How about if we offer a little bit less, but we're going to tack on two more right. years to the deal so you have that extra sense of job security. Mm-hmm. Because the way that the Yankees team is set up, I mean, Luke Voigt, he's around for at least three, four more years. Right. They, and Glaber Torres, he's got like two, three more years. So right now, factor in DJ LeMahieu's versatility – and in case the Yankees want to move on from either of those guys, all of a sudden, DJ LeMahieu gives them options. Mm-hmm, if, for sure. If for whatever reason you have to move on from Voight, just move him over to first. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, 100%. I'm, yeah, I'm just so excited. I'm glad that Cashman got it done. Um, oddly enough, the night before the deal was announced, I was cautiously optimistic it was going to get done. Oh, I yeah, I feel like everyone was starting to get to that point too, especially after I uh you might be able to remind me of who it was. Someone said that uh LeMayhew was getting really frustrated with the Yankees right. and started to look at other teams. Uh, so Tim that was Brown definitely from Yahoo. Okay, there you go. Yeah, that definitely yeah. started to scare some people, including right. myself. Me so. too. I mean, I, yeah. I wrote I wrote a whole article saying, hey, like if the Yankees lose yeah, DJ LeMayhew, it's because they cheated themselves. They did right. they, they cost themselves DJ LeMayhew. 100%. Um, yeah. But then I, because um, that report came out, I think Sunday or Monday of last yeah. week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Wednesday, the, uh, this is a textbook example of why you need to get Instagram. Uh, Brian Hoke, uh, every Wednesday on Instagram, on his Instagram story, he has what he calls the Hokey Happy Hour. Oh, yeah, yeah you've told me about this. Yeah, it's a yeah. lot of fun. He's great. A really nice guy, too. Hopefully we can have him on the pod soon. Um, he... Um, taking a lot of sips of water today i'm very thirsty today so i feel you so am i that's so weird yeah anyway uh, oh i should turn on my fan too it's really hot in here like i should mention my apartment complex it's like there's so many old folks in here that they crank the heat up something fierce in the winter I, I was gonna say how are you hot i literally have my heater on next to me well you can't you can't really see because i'm um i'm wearing the t-shirt now but you can see also because we're doing laundry today i actually have some basketball shorts on and half of that, and half that reason is because it is so damn hot in my apartment. Oh my god! Like I, I know for a fact that uh, we're on the tenth floor. There is maybe six or seven apartments on this floor. We are the youngest family on this floor by a long shot. Oh man! I, I think the, I think like the, the next oldest, oldest uh, homeowner on the floor. They're like I don't know, maybe about fifty, something like that. Oh wow! Yeah. So anyway, back to uh, DJ LeMahieu and Brian Oak. Yeah. Uh, so hokey happy hour. Uh, can't believe I went on that tangent right there. <laughs> it's the ADD show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's the Yankees Mets ADD. Uh, let's talk the Yankees Mets Expresso. Oh, look, shiny object. So I have ADD. Have I can make it. those jokes. So <laughs> moving on. Anyway, so um, hopes he's having this happy hour, and sure enough, for weeks he's been getting questions about DJ LeMahieu. Of course. And he's always said, look. Like, I know the same things you do. Like, we're just playing the waiting game. I think he's going to stay with the Yankees. 
but all we have to do is wait right now. He's going to make his decision, and hopefully it's the Yankees. This time around, he said, look, I still know what you know. Like, we're still waiting. As far as I know, like, there isn't a, an offer out there that's higher than the Yankees. Right. And, that got, and that got me thinking, wait a minute. That report in the press, they kind of gave him the Derek Jeter treatment. Mm. So for our younger listeners at home, it's after the 2010 season. Derek Jeter is a free agent for the first time in his career. And at this point, he's, um, he's 36. Yeah, he's 36. And he's starting to decline. He's not as good a fielder anymore. Not that he was really much of one to begin with. And, um, and then, like, he's, he's seeking, like, at or about $20 million a year. Cashman says, here's what we're going to offer. I think it was, like, $13, $14 million a year. And Jeter and his agent, Casey Close, said, like, we don't like this offer. Cashman said, go find another one then. Go find a higher offer. Yeah. And sure enough, this spilled into the press. Yeah, this was so, oh, man. Yeah, it, it was so cringe. Cashman yeah. basically said, look, Derek Jeter knows what our offer is. If he thinks he can get a better one, he's more than welcome to go look. Jeter really didn't like that. Yes. So sure enough, he goes around, looks at other teams. The Giants checked in for, I think, two seconds, but maybe didn't really make him an offer. Turns out the only offer that did exist was Cashman's offer. Yes, exactly. So he, Jeter accepts the offer, and then he says in the press, I'm happy to be back. I'm not happy this got public. And that's why, except for various events, you really don't see Derek Jeter around the Yankees anymore. Because he's never really quite forgiven Sucked. Cash for that. Yeah, that was, that was so bad. Yeah, now, like, on one hand, I get why he's upset, because I'm a very private person, as you know. I don't, I wouldn't want details of my money going out to the press if I was someone high profile like Jeter. Right. But at the same time, Cashman was, that's why he is who he is today. He's got ice water in his veins. He's not a, he's not a bullshitter. Yeah. He's like, Derek, I'm not going to bullshit you. And I'm not going to bullshit the press either. Go find a better offer if you think you can get one. And if you can't, this one is waiting for you when you get back. Yeah, he knew he, he knew Jeter wasn't going to get anything better. Yeah, you know, I'm like conference. talking to the walls if I'm Cashman talking to Jeter. So, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, okay, laugh, laugh at the sleep-deprived father. You're such a nice No, it's person. funny because I, I just realized that you were, you were doing that and yeah. it did look like you were engaged. <laughs> <laughs> I got to focus on something besides the Zoom camera. I have a Zoom overload. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, oh. Um, but yeah, I feel that they kind of did that to DJ as well. And DJ kind of took it in stride because, yeah, he, he was frustrated at the process, but at the same time, he's not uh, as much of an ego as Jeter was. He's someone who shows up to play the game. Yeah, yeah. Like, sure. like I don't know if you've ever heard in the interview of DJ LeMahieu, but there really isn't one. The guy does not talk. Oh, yeah, he's so awkward. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's kind of adorable, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so He's like a child, and, and but like 6'4". Just watch, like... How funny would it be if DJ LeMayhew retires and then all of a sudden becomes a phenomenal color commentator? Oh, yeah. For, that, yes. For that would be Network. unbelievable. Oh, it, it's going to happen. He's going to become the Tony Romo of hitting. Oh, my gosh. Oh, come, no, come on. F think of a better guy to be like, you know, fuck Aaron, DJ LeMayhew, the Tony <laughs> Romo of hitting. No, imagine, literally. It, it's going to happen. I'm making the call right now. All right. We'll check back in like anyway, uh, now, now he, well, Let's stick on DJ for a little bit. Um, if you're making the opening day lineup, do you put mm -hmm. him uh, at the top of the order or do you try to sandwich him like, as the three between Judge and Stanton? 
like keeping it like let, let, let's go with uh with the idea that the Yankees are not going to be adding any more hitters right uh, I keep them at the top of the lineup see I I only ask because I'm looking at a former yeah, why did you I'm at a ESNY alum Max Greenfield's Twitter he posted this yesterday I'm, I'm scrolling through to see if I could find it is my friend making noise on the mic by the way no like, no okay good these, wow, these headphones really work. Um, all right. So uh, I only bring it up because he had DJ batting third between um, Hicks and Stanton. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Judge and Stanton, and had your buddy Aaron Hicks as, as the leadoff man. Hicks did look good in the leadoff position this year, but yeah. I, I don't know. I think I would – I think I'd roll with DJ. I'm going to roll with Hicks, and here's why. And it's not because I'm just another Hicks homer. Yes, because you're biased. You don't need to finish talking. That's look, it. End look, of conversation. Look, look, just because I'm absolutely buying his jersey when we get off the air. <laughs> but no, what, no, which I am going to do. I am going to buy myself a Hicks jersey because the only other Yankees jersey I have in my closet is Gary Sanchez, and I don't know how good a look it's going to be this year. That is such a fat yikes, Josh. You're the one who jinxed him. I got it in, I got it in 2018. Give me a bro, break. Bro, Aaron Hicks is already not good. Please don't buy his jersey. Oh so my you God. I, I'm going to have James zoom in oh once again gosh. to tell you how wrong you are. Dude, stop jinxing the Yankees. Okay, anyway, Max's lineup, uh, leading off Hicks in center field. I think this is a good idea simply because Hicks draws a lot of walks. Yeah, yeah, last fact. year. Yeah. But also, it's a ready dominant lineup. I think it helps to have a switch hitter up top just to kind of break things up a little bit. I don't know. Because, look, I love LeMahieu up top. I would, I know it doesn't stay, work anymore. Stay with me. Stay with me. In order Hicks, Judge, LeMahieu, Stanton, Voigt, Urshela, Torres, Sanchez, Frazier. Glaber is too low. I, if anything, I would swap him and Rochella. I wouldn't mind putting him ahead of Voight either, if we're being honest. I think with Voight, they want to see if uh, lightning strikes twice with the home run power. That, that's the thing. I, I, I do think Voight is going to have a good year, but I don't know if he's going to be able to do what he did last year this time around. So I, yeah, I I would put, and I think Glaber will be better this year than he was last year. So Well, yeah, now that would, we know that he was out of shape. so Right, yeah. So I would put Glaber ahead of Voight. I don't know how much of his social media that you've seen, but he and Severino are hanging out together. I've seen some pictures here and there. Yeah, there's one. Pi- there's one picture you probably saw this too, where he's holding Severino's daughter, and she just kind of has her head on his chest, kind of like, "Hi." No, I did not see that. You've just sent that to me. It's uh, adorable. I think it was his. Uh, it was on his story. I don't know if. Uh, he All right, I'll just that. look it up. Maybe someone screenshotted it. Yeah, but it, it's great because you can tell this team they have so much love for each other. Apparently, a bunch of them are already down in Tampa uh, doing activities. I, I've Saturday. heard that, too. That, that's awesome. It's really good to I, hear. I'm, it kind of has me worried that they're going to burn out in the regular season. Dude, they're going to get injured either way. So, whatever. I'm yeah, just but, showing a little bit of excitement. Yeah, but at the same time, if you're training right now and just kind of gradually ramping yourself up for spring training, because the union has been told, and the owners have been told by Manfred, expect a full spring training season. Yeah, right. So maybe they'll just figure, you know, let's just gradually ramp ourselves up over the offseason so that there's less reason for injuries yeah. or, or less worry for injuries, rather. Yeah, for uh, sure. But long and short of it, DJ LeMayhew, I think he'd be great as a three hitter. I think he'd be even more deadly there. 
Uh, I think that between Maybe. one and three, you can kind of swap he and Hicks back and forth depending on the matchups. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, Hicks is a good – because he draws walks and is a good contact hitter, he's a good guy to have in the three-hole if you can talk to him and say, hey, like, don't try to mash 40 home runs. He's not a good contact hitter. He has the ability to be a good contact hitter. There's he, no, 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 no. He is a natu- – here's what I say about Hicks. He is a naturally excellent contact hitter who's trying way too hard to be a 40 home run guy. That's yeah, what sure. Okay. So, I'll, I'll kind of give you that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, my friend who's a hitting coach said that same assessment. So you can, we'll have him on too. He he does try too hard. It's obvious, you know. That's yeah, why. Yeah. Well, yeah, because like you and I have talked about how Aaron Hicks has, uh, in terms of home run, he has a fuck you swing, as I like mm-hmm. to say. Pardon mm-hmm. my French. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, because like when he really hits a home run, I'm talking like really gets up, gets the good part of the bat on it. You can see in his swing, it's Ken Griffey Jr. He has yeah. the exact same swing. Which, mm-hmm. oh, my heartstrings, uh, childhood Josh loves every second of that. Mm-hmm. But like I said, he's a contact hitter. He needs to be hitting singles and doubles and only hitting home runs as necessary. He would be so good if he did that. I'm like, yeah. I'm convinced. Yeah. We've seen him do that. It's just, it wasn't until recently that he started ramping up the power. Yeah. But anyway, DJ's back. All is well with the world. Let's shift, uh, talk to another uh, really good infielder. The New York Mets making some noise in Queens Lane. Man, Francisco Lindor. Dude, my my family, like, I have never wanted to kill them this much. <laughs> I literally have never. Dude, I, okay. So, like, my dad and my brother are Mets fans, right? Yeah, yeah. They're Mets fans, but baseball, of all of the sports, is their least favorite sport. Doesn't mean they don't like it. It's just, like, on it's the hierarchy the- of sports. It's the, their least favorite. Yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of like hockey with me, where like, yeah, I'll pay attention right. to the sport, but because I can't speak coach as well as compared to the other sports, yeah, I'm not gonna like pay as I'm gonna be more okay missing a Rangers game than I am, let's say, missing a Knicks game on TV. Right, right, for sure, exactly. So, yeah. So like, dude, they have they bring it up like 20 times a day. I literally told them, I was like, I thought you people didn't like baseball. But <laughs> like, what do you mean? Baseball is my favorite sport. Like, I mean, I'm buying a Lindor jersey. It's like, bro, you're making my, and my dad, who always, always just talks so much smack about the Mets because they haven't done anything in like 40 right, years. Yeah. He's like, we're back, baby. The Kings of New York. It's like, what? He's like, we're going to remind New York who, who owns this city. No, no, no wait, is, is he saying this in English or in Arabic? In English, <laughs> which is even funnier, actually. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Does, he, does your dad have, like, a super thick accent? Yeah, he, he's, like, 100% fluent in English, but, yeah, he has an accent. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, but, no, but, like, is his accent to the point where, like, he's 100% fluent, but, it's, but like, it sounds like he's um, he hasn't been in the States for very long. You say. can... It's weird because you can totally understand what he's saying. Like, you will never misunderstand him. It's right. just like, there's an accent, you know? Like, it's obvious that he's not Okay, yeah, it's, 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 very, it's very obvious he was not born in the States. Got right, it. exactly. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned how they're talking so much smack and, like, claiming they love baseball so much because, like, I, I seem to recall over the summer when baseball was on, you sent me an audio clip of your brother just cursing out the Mets. Right. Yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna say it obviously because he he spoke Arabic and I'm not gonna try to recap. But he's like Liverpool football is the only reason I live. live. Look at the Mets and all these other teams. I don't want to hear from the Liverpool fan or the Tottenham fan. I don't hear from the Everton. Look at the Mets. Look at the Rangers. Look at the Eagles. I have nothing. 
It's like he sounded like every all the worst parts of New York sports Twitter just wrapped up into one rant. Dude, literally, that's like the perfect way to put it. I swear. Like just a few months ago, he was out here doing that, about to cry from how bad the Mets were. <laughs> and now he's just making my life miserable. And we have, you know, those freaking uh, Lindor chocolates, the like, little. Oh, like the, the little Lindor truffles. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's out here. And of course we have them in our house, like a oh whole box full. Every day he walks up to me, gives me the most obnoxious look and goes, do you want a Francisco Lindor? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually day, really funny. Uh, it's not. It was funny the first day. Now I want to kill myself. What flavor is he offering? Is it at least the It's good the flavors? dark chocolate. It's actually oh, pretty gross. good. I hate ah. dark chocolate, but this yeah, one is too. amazing. You should try I- it. See, like the only dark chocolate we have in uh, in our house are the, uh, the little mini peanut butter cups from, and what what is it like Justin's Evans? I don't know. It's like the bougie dark dark chocolate peanut butter cups, like the mini ones that you get. At are they good? Uh, Kayla loves them. I can't stand them. <laughs> it's like taking a bite into acid. Oh God! The no, milk, I usually I'm like the yeah, milk I'm chocolate like, ones I are really it, good. But, yeah, I feel like it's like a an extra Reese's cup then. Yeah, it's a little anyway. fancier. Uh, but you know what? As annoying as your brother and dad are, uh, Lindor, Francisco Lindor, is a great addition for the happy. Mets. Yeah. They, yeah, I mean, oh God, he, he's making a lot of money in arbitration this year, too. I don't know if yeah. it's uh, $22.3 million. Yeah, that's a lot. But, you know, it's Francisco Lindor. He's worth it. Switch hitter, great infielder, defensive he's good at infielder. Everything. Yeah, yeah, he's so good. He's I think got he's. Speed. Yeah. He's a perfect fit for the New York Mets. Oh, yeah. I have 100% confidence that they will sign him to a new, excuse me, to a new contract for in the sure, very sure. near future. Because it's like, well, last uh, last episode when we had uh, James and Allison on, that trade isn't happening without assurance of an extension. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yes. 100%. And the Mets gave up a lot to get him. They gave up your buddy, Andres Jimenez, um, mm-hmm. Ahmed Rosario. And God, I can't remember who else. Outfield prospect Isaiah Green. Right. Um, I think uh, pitching prospect Josh Wolf. These are all like decent prospects. Right. Jo- Josh Wolf was, was the big one. Yeah. Yeah, this was still a nice, uh, nice steal for the Mets for sure. They, they yeah, got, I mean it was. Not only did they get Francisco Lindor, I actually wanted to talk about this for a second. They also acquired Carlos Carrasco. Cookie. A, yeah, Cookie, who's uh yeah. Really, really good starting pitcher. I just wrote um, a feature about this. So Mets rotation, Josh, has been, uh, you know, not looking in the best shape because you had Noah Syndergaard, who underwent Tommy John surgery last year. And then the Mets had signed um, uh, Rick Porcello, Michael Waka. And they were relying on Steven Matz being a big part of the rotation. Last season, it was Jacob deGrom and the Island of Misfit pitchers. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think the bright spot of that was David Peterson emerged as a yeah. really solid part of the of the rotation for the future. But, you know, that's not really enough. And Marcus Stroman, we all know what happened with him, got injured right before he was supposed to come back, opted out. We thought that was the end of him. And then after Steve Cohen bought the team, he ended up coming back. So um, even with Stroman coming back, I still thought the Mets rotation was in pretty bad shape because no Porcello, no Waka, obviously they weren't good. Steven Matz was absolutely abysmal last year. Wasn't plus even good plus you have the whole unknown, how much is a year off going to affect Stroman? Because yeah. he, he's very small for a pitcher. He's right. not, he's not, he's athletic, but he's not like super athletic. Yeah, say. no, no, for sure. Um, yeah. 
And then, of course, you don't get Syndergaard back until June. And even then, June at the earliest. And even then, you don't know how good he's going to be right out of the gate after undergoing Tommy John surgery. So for me, I thought that Carrasco was an amazing addition to that rotation. Cookie has been a top-tier pitcher, really, really good. A veteran, brings a Mm -hmm. lot to the table. Playoff experience, everything you want, like Carlos Carrasco gives that to you. Um, Carlos so, Carrasco, he's also a great locker room guy. I feel yeah, he's, everyone he's loves like, him. Yeah, he's such a sweet guy. And with the Mets, who they're, it's not just an ownership change; they're, it's a culture change for sure. So they're trying, they're trying so hard because, like, who, who's the new GM? Jared, Jared Porter? No, not Jared Porter. Oof. I, I'm all right. I yeah, I'm, I'm blanking too. Mets GM. Hold on. I am terrible. I should look at this. Yes, yes, it is Jared Porter. Oh, Jared Porter. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, Jared yeah. Porter, yeah. he's he's like it's a new way of doing business. It's not. Because under the Wilpons, like let's say during the last 10 years of the Wilpons, the GM's job, it was like, show up, collect your paycheck, and try to do the best job you can because the Wilpons are going to intervene at every stage. Yeah, literally. And now, now the Wilpons are gone. Steve Cohen, he's hands-on, but he trusts Sandy Alderson. He trusts Jared Porter. I think that right now, like the Mets are making it very clear, this isn't about us. This is about the players. We want to build a winning team that starts with adding winning players. Right. And Carlos Carrasco, I think, is indicative of that because he's going to set a whole new tone with the rotation. He's a very soft-spoken, just lovable guy. For he's sure. got a great story. He's beaten cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to root for the Mets because, you know, I'm a Yankees fan. But yeah. the sad part is, and it pains me to say this, oh, yeah, yeah. It's like I've said zillions of times in the podcast, the Mets being good is good for baseball. For sure. For sure. I don't yeah, this is I, the, the rivalry is back in full swing. Yeah. This is this is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the, honestly, dude, even like the Mets, like if you just want to focus on players, the Mets having both Jacob deGrom and Francisco Lindor is so big. Like that is so yeah. big for the game of baseball, man. Like two of the best players at their position. On the New York Mets, that's and that they makes still, them relevant. And they managed to keep Dom Smith. Yeah, and they managed to keep Dom Smith. Yeah, it's the crazy. main man Dom Smith, who I traded for on the Yankees in the show. And and was, let's speak it into existence, Josh. Uh, well, I acquired him, and he then went on to have like a thirty home run year, and in his for and I had him for like less than a million dollars. Um. Wow. Coming back. And now in our, because with the show, you can look at what they want in their contracts. He's at, he's expecting close to $6 million in arbitration. Oh my God. I'm like, you know what? Let's, tr- let's, let's cut that in half. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, good luck with that, bro. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, it's a great deal for the Mets. Uh, Lindor, he's going to be an immediate impact guy. He'll probably lead off for the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, buckle up. New York baseball just got a lot more interesting. For sure. Um, and now we got to shift back to the Yankees. And I don't, do I have to say it? Do I have to say it? Wait, Remember, wait, wait, wait. guys, you know what? You know what? You know wait, what? wait. Did, did you just do a whole like, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. rap horn? But I don't yeah. actually have one. Yeah, like it like blew out your microphone for a minute. It barely came through on my end. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, I can't bring myself to say it. You, you say, you, lean. You were right. I don't I wanna. Hear it. No, hear it. There, lean. You were right. I'm miserable. I hate every second of it. What happened? Oh, so guys, remember a few months ago 
when I dare fired. <laughs> I dared to say that I wanted Corey Kluber on the Yankees and Josh just lost his mind. Well, here we are on January 16th, 2021. And the newest member of the New York Yankees. And I could not be happier. It's okay. I would, Josh, I will say this. I will say this. It's a little bit more money than I would have wanted. Way $11 too much money. Dollars. Way yeah, too much money. 11 is a lot, but here's to praying that he stays healthy and actually plays pretty well, well enough to be a two slash three in the rotation. So Here's where I'm going to give Corey Kluber the benefit of the doubt. The sample size over the last two years is way too small to pass serious judgment. Yeah, like homeboy pitched one inning last year. One inning last year, and then less than 100 in 2019 because he broke his arm. Mm-hmm. However, he the, his injury last year, it's a major shoulder injury. For sure. He, like, he tore shoulder muscle, needed surgery pitched after pitching one inning. His velocity, which he never really had much of to begin with, is already trending downward. I think when he threw for teams the other day, it was hovering uh, between 88 and 92. Mm-hmm. So and now consider he's a sinker bowler pitching in Yankee Stadium. If he doesn't have a sinker and getting those grand balls and soft contact, he's going to get lit up. And then just throw, throw the injury situation into it even more. I Okay, I will say this right now. I'm going to meet you halfway here. If Corey Kluber pitches more than 110 innings in the season, I will co- on the next podcast episode after that point, I will personally apologize to him. Okay, can you repeat that number one more time? I'm literally writing this down. All right. If Corey Kluber pitches 110 innings in the 100. 2021 season, okay. on the first episode we record, after he reaches that benchmark, I will personally apologize to him. All right. That sounds good. Okay. Yeah. I I think he'll be lucky to hit 100. Josh, look. We'll something, see. something that I feel like you misunderstood when I was talking about how the Yankees want Kluber – his um his situation is his injury situation is more than concerning especially coupled with the fact that the Yankees themselves already we've had trouble staying healthy over the years now i, I just want i just want to add some context ahead, real real uh, real fast just to how many miles are on Corey Kluber's arm from 2014 uh, up through 2018 uh, he threw well over 200 innings uh, in yeah, he hit at least 200 innings every single one of those years. And over that 14, 15, 16, five-year stretch, 1,091 in the third innings. That's a lot of mileage. Of course. We know he has a lot of mileage, bro. And, you know, he's he's made some deep playoff runs as well and was relied on in the, in the playoffs for the Indians, too. I also so, want to add he's going to be 35 in April. Yeah, I was going to mention that as well. That there's a lot of red flags with Kluber, and whether we want to admit it or not, the Yankees are taking a huge risk with him. Also, my excitement is not stemming from the fact that I think that Kluber is going to come to the Yankees and win his third Cy Young. I don't, none of this is even kind of realistic. It's just that the Yankees' rotation is in a really crappy place, yeah, and the free agent market is not very good for starting pitchers. And you know that the Yankees are probably not going to engage in a trade. They might, but they probably won't. If, so, they, if they do engage in a trade, it's, pro- it's probably going to be someone on the back end of another team's rotation who Cashman's analytics guys say, yeah, go get that guy. Could be that too. Thank you for bringing that up. 
Um, I actually saw something interesting. Can you give me five seconds? Yeah, while I'm there, I'm, I'm on a Kluber's baseball reference page right now. His projected stats for 2021, 5-3, uh, 4.15 ERA, 65 innings, uh, 66 strikeouts, 21 walks, and a save. Um, wait, when was this? Oh, oh, that that's uh, what baseball reference is projecting for his 2021 projecting. season. That's good. I love it. <laughs> um, hope you're wrong. Anyway, uh, so this is what I was gonna say. Uh, what's his name? Who? Jim Bowden from or Bowden from MLB analyst for CBS Sports. Yeah. He um. He was on, uh, basically, I'm, I'm just reading this tweet from a guy, Hector Gomez. Uh, he's an MLB insider. Yeah, uh, yeah, he covers a lot of baseball down in the Dominican and in yes. the Caribbean and stuff. Yeah. He said, according to Jim on MLB radio, the Yankees have been in talks with Luis Castillo of the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, which interesting. I thought that was very interesting. I personally, that would, for me, that would be an amazing off-season move. I would be so confident in our rotation moving into next year. Yeah. Um, um, wow. That would be That's, a great addition. So just for some context, folks, uh, Luis Castillo, and I'll get his fan graphs page up in a minute. He's spent his entire career with the Reds. He's Dominican, uh, right-handed pitcher. He just turned 28 last year for the Reds. Now, this actually has me very excited because the Reds, great American ballpark, very easy to hit a home run there. Mm -hmm. It might as well be Yankee Stadium uh, National League Edition. Right. Uh, last season, 12 starts, 3.21 ERA, uh, 1.22 whip, 89 strikeouts in 70 innings, doesn't walk a lot of guys. I mean, 3.1 walks per nine innings, that's a little concerning. But, yeah, like my friend Alec, the hitting coach, he just messaged me, get me Castillo ASAP. <laughs> uh, yeah see uh well this just goes back to the conversation we had with james and allison i mean this this goes into um the good last segment of our show like how do the yankees fill out the rest of the rotation uh james made the point the yankees don't have a lot of pieces for a trade that's now, that, the problem now yeah. that said luis castillo plays on a small market team he's arbitration eligible he's got three years of team control left the reds might be looking to preemptively dumping his salary could be that and okay. yeah if and maybe they won't Okay, actually, let, let's do this. What would you, um, if you to predict, let's say the Yankees are going to go through with this deal, what are the Yankees giving the Reds? Uh, that's a really good question. For sure, they're going to be sending an arm back. I think that goes without saying. Here, let, I just was just on this page. Let me look up their top, who they have amongst their top 30 prospects. I was going to say, is it a ready arm? Because the, the Reds are basically contenders. So is it an MLB ready arm or a prospect or both? Well, I think for one thing, you're absolutely going to have to include Clark Schmidt in the deal. You know who else I think you'd have to include? Not Louis an Seale. arm, but uh, no, I would possibly. I was going to say Clint Frazier. No, they're not going to involve Clint Frazier. I think they're more likely to involve Estevan Florial, honestly. But like, wouldn't, I, I don't know. I feel like the Reds would want uh, Frazier way more. Yeah, but Frazier, he's endeared himself to the Yankees so much already. And plus, the, who's going to play left field if Frazier goes? You're not going to stick Stanton out there. No, got, bring Brett Gardner back. I knew you were going to say that. We're not talking about that. Brett Gardner's time with the Yankees is done. We're all sad about it. He didn't. Your, he your did time, time on this show is done, Joshua. <sighs> Look, here's here, okay. Here's what I'm going to say. 
so according to Spotrac, it looks like Estudio has already settled with arbitration at around 4.2 million. Ooh. So I think in that case, the Yankees, they put together a package. Clark Schmidt, I'll throw Esteban Florel in there. And here, let's see who's further down the prospect list. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Oh, okay. And we'll throw um, Roanzi Contreras in there just for fun. Because his uh, ETA, according to the say, is next year. Oh, really? Yeah. So I don't know, I, dude. Do you think? Do you think this is enough? Do the Reds give us Castillo for that? I'm, I don't know. I think as long as he, I, I think as long as Clark Schmidt is the centerpiece, there is a deal to be made. But like Schmidt's value has decreased. I don't think it's decreased. I think everyone realizes he was rushed to high heaven last year because uh, I think that we that the history books twenty years from now they're going to tell us. Any numbers you see or statistics from the 2020 season, you have to take with a grain of salt. No, for sure. But Josh, look, let, let me let me ask you this because we sure, talked sure, about sure. it last episode. Like yeah. Clark Schmidt, a hundred percent. Like he hasn't pitched a second of triple A baseball. Right. He pitched like what was it like 10 innings or something in double A? Something like that. So that's obviously not enough. Very obvious that he was rushed to the majors. That's for sure. Right. But I do think that we're at a point where Clark Schmidt, and I feel like you could ask any scout this, and they would tell you the same thing. Clark Schmidt's ceiling is a number three in a rotation. I don't think he's a top of the rotation guy. He's a hot, he's a, he's a low to mid tier two. Yeah. That's his ceiling. That's his ceiling for me. And I, and I don't know if Cincinnati, I'm sure they're capable of recognizing this. And I don't know if Cincinnati would be willing to give us Luis Castillo, who is a very good pitcher, you know, like in exchange for Clark Schmidt and company. Uh, just just say, just say answer. He's, th- he's in 2019, he threw 19 innings at double A Trenton. 19. There you and go. And did quite well. For, for he did for yeah. sure, but that's still not enough time and zero innings at Triple A. So he was rushed. Yeah. So here's where the Reds are an interesting trade partner. Who's another Yankees cast off who the Reds have fixed? Sorry, what'd you say? Who's another Yankees cast off who the Reds fixed? Who? Sonny Gray. Oh my gosh, I forgot he existed. Okay. Yeah. Now the reason is the Reds pitching coach Derek Johnson was Sonny Gray's college coach and the Reds hired right, him away right. from Vanderbilt. And the fact that Sonny Gray pr- almost won the Cy Young last year. Mm. Yeah. Um, or did he win the Cy Young? No, 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 no. Yeah. Bauer won, bro. Right. Bauer. Yeah. It was, an, it was another red. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. So, but the fact that Bauer had his great, now not you, Bauer's always been really good. Yeah. But the fact that he took that extra step and looked great next year, uh, last year, and so did Sonny Gray. It shows you. Coaching matters. And I think that was Clark Schmidt. If you get him in spring training, you get him some time with Derek Johnson. Because also, not to mention, Clark Schmidt has been working out like a maniac this offseason. People are saying he's hungry, he's angry, he's super competitive right yeah. now. I think that you trade Clark Schmidt for Jose Cast- for Jose Luis Castillo. Then the Reds can say, okay, let's go with Derek Johnson. Where's he at now? Great. Spring training. All right, let's start him in double A just to be safe. We'll, we'll put him up to triple A because he's almost 25 as it is. Yeah, that's, that's another like issue with him. Okay, let me let me let me play dev- continue to play devil's advocate yeah. with you real quick. 
you make really good points. It's obvious that the pitching, like the coaching of the pitchers at in Cincinnati is really, really good. Like you said, that's fair. But would are the Reds really going to trade away one of their most valuable assets, just banking on the fact that Clark Schmidt is going to be super successful with them Lee, because they have good coaching? Lee, they just extended Sonny Gray, I think, a year or so ago. They're already trying to trade him. Yeah. So, so I'm guessing the Reds had some major COVID losses because they don't spend a lot of money to begin with. They're a smaller market team. I know, but like Luis Castillo, I'm sure. Okay, we already know teams aren't trying to trade that much. Like, you know, especially recently. Let's say that they do want to trade Luis Castillo and get rid of that contract. And let's say the Yankees do make an offer very similar to what you suggested, a deal revolving around Clark Schmidt. Yeah. What You cannot convince me that no other team is going to make a single better offer than that. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, I, well, I don't, I really well, don't think keep so. Keep in mind, we also don't know how many other teams are engaged with the Reds on Castilla. Of course. Because Jim Bowden says, oh, the Yankees are talking to him. Okay, great. Who else is talking to them? Okay, how much is uh, how much is left on Castillo's deal? Uh, he's a free agent in 2024. Okay, so maybe, may, let's say, okay, let's say that the Yankees are the only team engaging with the Reds about Castillo. Sure. They, and let's say again, it's a deal. They're offering a deal centered around Clark Schmidt. I, I feel like the Reds would easily just be like, okay, no, we're just going to hold off like another year or even two. And they and then could. Try to, yeah. They, they easily could because like yeah. trade demands right now are going to be a lot different than trade demands, let's say in July. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think by then you'll see how good or bad Castillo has been because he's 28. He's starting to like, maybe he's peaked already. We don't know. Mm. Um, but I think that the Yankees, they're going to be a lot more aggressive in shopping Schmidt than they realize because they know like how desperate the state of their pitching rotation is. Now they've, now I think I read something from Joel Sherman in the New York post today that they have, um, about between five and $7 million to play with. Uh, and if they got to go back to the market, let's talk about who gave us a good scare on Twitter last night, Mr. Taiwan Walker. Yeah, I, I think oh, one man. one year for six million dollars at Taiwan Walker, I would make that deal in a heartbeat. I think that's a great signing for the Yankees. Do you? I think it's a fantastic signing, but like, do you think uh, he wouldn't get an, an offer higher than that? It's hard to say because he pitched he's very, coming off. Um, he, he's he has had injury problems lately, right? So that definitely is a factor. But I don't know. I feel like he might end up getting something better than six. I think that if the Yankees offered him a one year deal with an option for a second he would take, take it. it and like and yeah there, there's going to be one team that's going to be willing to overpay just because they'd be pitching that desperately but i feel that with taiwan walker he he's gonna he's he's 28 right now yeah he's mm-hmm. experienced in the aliens because with the with the blue jays last year six starts 1.37 era mm-hmm. uh now granted the walks are a bit of a problem because he can lose control of that fastball and change up sometimes but I think that if the Yankees offered him a one-year deal with an option for a second, the prospect of just A, being a Yankee, and B, winning with the Yankees, that might be enough to close the deal. That's true. Um, yeah. I mean, I, wouldn't have, I would still prefer Jose Quintana, but $7 million for one year isn't going to cut it for him. Right, of course, yeah. It, and if it does, great. But at the same time, um, I, I'm not going to sneeze at Taiwan Walker. Yeah, 
No, no, I, I would be, I mean, we were texting about it because we thought it was actually happening. Like, so, you know, you saw how happy I was. So, and yeah. you seem pretty excited so, too. So just for some added details, folks, um, Taiwan Walker shouted out Aaron Hicks on Twitter around midnight last night. He was wearing some Derek Jeter cleats. He changed his uh, Twitter avatar to just a navy blue background. Uh, he liked the tweet where someone was like, come on, Taiwan Walker to the Yankees. And it's not official. He said he was trolling or maybe he kind of downplayed it a little bit. Uh, baseball media hasn't really covered it, but you have to figure he and Hicks are obviously close enough and he shouted him out on Twitter randomly at midnight. Yeah. So I was going through his likes. Uh, I do think that they're friends because um, when I was scrolling through his likes, I saw that I think it was in December, like he liked something that Aaron Hicks posted. So I'm, I'm assuming that there's like a friendship there. They're, they're both California guys. Okay, makes sense. So they probably, because hold on, uh, Walker's 28. How old is Hicks right now? Hicks. 31. Okay, so they might have known each other on some youth teams. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, Hicks, Cole, and Higashioka all knew each other from the California youth baseball circuit. Right, right. Uh, so you have, to figure Walker, you have to figure Walker might have been there too. Yeah, that's a good point. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, I think that the Yankees, if they do, let's go back to Luis Castillo. If they do trade Clint Frazier in the deal, I don't think they do it unless they bite the tax bill and take back someone like Nick Castellanos, mm. which no, wait, no. What am I saying? The Yankees absolutely wouldn't do that deal because Nick Castellanos is a terrible outfielder. God. Outs above so average, they, folks. Honestly, I, I feel like there's a lot of reasons why the Yankees would not do that. I don't, yeah. One of the reasons being that Castellanos cannot play defense, but yeah, yeah. Like, I'm gonna look up his outs above average right now, actually. Because you want to hear you want to hear a fun fact about him, uh, Castellanos. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. Speaking of like his uh, very poor uh, defense, um, so remember how uh, he started his career with the Tigers? Yeah, as a third baseman. Exactly. That's what I was gonna talk about. He was actually, I believe, it was his last year with the Tigers. He was the worst player in all of baseball at his position. I'm speaking defensively. Isn't that like he is such a bad defensive player? Oh, God. It's unbelievable. The worst player in the entire league. Yeah, I mean, oh God, his career DRS at third base is minus 38. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Minus 39 is an outfielder. Now let's just match it up with outs above average. Yeah, check that out. What a way to close the show, folks. Looking at how bad a defender Nick Castellanos is. <laughs> Anyway, I think this is how it would go. Yeah. God, I hate navigating this site. All right, here we go. Fielding. Are you going to load for me? There we go. Oof, oof. Oh, my God. This is painful. Uh, so his outs above average last year was minus five. He's never, nice. yeah, he's never had a positive OAA in his career. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 2018, it was minus 24. Nice. That, that's me on a good day, I think. Um, yeah, homeboy needs to stay away from the field. He cannot defend his, he really his can't. life. Anyway, Clark Schmidt, Esteban Florio for Luis Castillo. Cashman, make the Yo, deal. Yo, make it happen. Make that happen. Please I will God. buy Castillo's jersey without him throwing a single pitch in Yankee Stadium. On okay. God, dude. <laughs> I won't do that, but <laughs> anyway. Um, and uh, Oh, wait, and you've got to go soon because uh, – the Brooklyn Hot Mess is playing later with James Harden. Yeah. 
<laughs> Yo, he's, I just I just saw a video of him. He's he's warming up in his nut shirt, and it looks so weird. The, I can't believe it. The one good thing about James Harden being for the Nets is that he can walk around Brooklyn with that beard. He'll blend right in. Yeah, I saw something about a tweet about how James Harden is like the quintessential like New Yorker, especially like Brooklyn dude. He looks exactly especially, like... Especially in the neighborhood around Barclays. Oh, yeah. He fits in perfectly. Quick walk to Crown Heights <laughs> or, or to... Uh, what what's it um franklin park yeah it'll be great dude uh the the nets are going to be a hot mess once Kyrie comes back because that's going to blow up in their face you're an entire a one whole knickerbocker fan you need to stop i'm aware of that you literally need to stop hey i'm just saying i've seen this movie before this is the kg pierce sequel that nobody asked for you mad you big mad i'm not mad harden's terrible yeah 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 you're right you're right he, top 15 player in the league. He's terrible. You're right. Durant, not a leader. Harden, not a leader. Kyrie Irving, not a leader. But Spencer Dinwiddie, a basketball player. Spencer Dinwiddie is a leader. He's not playing. How's he going to rally, rally the team Josh, with a torn ACL? Josh, Joe Harris is going to carry this team on his back. Josh. You're not ready. Oh, and he's a, he's a one-trick pony. That's your one-trick pony right there. I mean, the Knicks aren't any better, but hey. What a uh, state of New York basketball, the Knicks and the Nets are. Uh, no, the state of New York basketball is absolutely amazing. We the are Nets, the team to be. The bro. Nets are not the a Nets, Brooklyn the team. Nets, the, the Nets, Nets are not a New York <laughs> basketball team. The Nets are a New Jersey team that left Newark because things got inconvenient. Bro, the Nets were a New York team before they even came to New York. Are you even kidding right now? Hipster team. Hipster oh team. Tomac Arena is not New York. It oh, doesn't are count. So I'm not mad. I'm right. You're mad that Obadiah Toppin is a bust. Yeah, two games in, he's a bust, sure. He's a bust. Even Knicks fans are saying that you know that my brother hates him, bro. All the Knicks fans know what's up. Do you see his shot? He can't see. His shot is so weird. He he's looks like Lonzo Ball in his rookie season. I will grant he's trying way too hard to be a face-up guy when it's just not who he is. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not he much needs, of anything, my guy. He needs to work the low post, and they're not letting him do that. Anyway, okay. we're not talking about that right now because it's two <laughs> games. It's still up. too small a sample size. Moving on. Uh, anyway, uh, did we cover everything? Dude, yeah, yeah I, think I, think we're, I think we're done. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's all for Yankees Mets Express, folks. Uh, special shout out to oh, the Oh, Josh, uh, Josh, Josh, good luck to your Ravens tonight. Right. Yeah, the Ravens today against the Bills. Uh, yeah, you guys are going to lose. Yeah, you said that about the Titans. Look what happened. <laughs> You're right. I did. But I'm I mean, actually more confident that you're going to lose today. I I will be very shocked if the Ravens uh, win this game. I think they'll keep it close. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game as well. I picked, the, I picked them to win in the staff picks, but I'm preparing myself. Hey, uh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. <laughs> shut up. Josh Allen is a big, tough boy. But at the oh, same, I love him. Yeah. But at the same time, so many of my good friends are Bills fans, and like they've been waiting so long for this. Yeah, no, I I love this Bill team, Bills team. Yeah. I, I I hope we'll they can see. Go it's gonna far. be it's gonna be a tight, chippy game. Like, what, it's gonna be weather? awesome though. What's the weather in Buffalo right now? Anyway, it, I'm look, gonna go with chance. cold. I mean, no shit, it's Buffalo. <laughs> um, okay, App, Apple weather. God damn it. Okay, Buffalo. Here we go. Closing out the show. Weather in Buffalo right now. Thirty six feels like twenty seven. Clear skies. Or that is, skies. That's not as bad as we would have thought, right? Yeah, they might they might actually have some shirtless fans in the stands. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's all for Yankees Mets Express today, folks. Mm. This has been the show on Elite Sports NY, part of XL Media. You can find me on Twitter at Josh B E S N Y. 
at lean underscore Amin. And uh, yeah, then once you get all your football picks wrong, people can now roast you accordingly. Uh, I might, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, okay. All right, Josh, me one more time, see what happens. Okay, Josh. <laughs> I set myself up for that one. All right, uh, thanks for listening, folks. This was a great show today. We'll see you next week. And as always, stand clear of the closing doors.